The Steelers have one of the biggest dynasties in NFL history. The 70s. Four Super Bowl wins in six years. The Patriots have won five Super Bowls in 16 years. That's the number one dynasty of the cap era. No doubt on that. It was easier to keep a team together in the 70s. But the Patriots dynasty is an odd one. Because it's based on two people. Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Who else is an easy and obvious reference point when it comes to the Patriots dynasty? You can name 10 Steelers from the 70s. An average football fan could, not just the Inzer. The Patriots are Brady and Belichick. That's it. That's the list. This is the Mark Man Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. No matter what Twitter says, I am live from fabulous Las Vegas. Apparently some of my tweets are showing up as being from Ventura, California. I am not in Ventura, California. Penguins lost 2-1 at Las Vegas last night. Very disappointing. The Penguins are in trouble. Legitimate trouble. We'll talk about that at length in a bit. But right now, I want to stick with the Steelers and the Patriots. The two-man dynasty that they have in New England. Brady and Belichick. That's who you think of. That's who you talk about whenever you discuss the Patriots dynasty. Yeah, maybe you think of guys like Will Fork and Brewski. Damian Woody because he's on TV. Dante Hightower, he's hurt now. But the Patriots are Brady and Belichick. Gronk right now, a little bit. And Gronk's a great tight end, but he's thought of more as a cartoon character. Sunday at Heinz Field is just such an interesting game. It's the biggest game of the NFL season by far. But wait until they meet again in the playoffs. Miami beat New England on Monday which got everyone in Pittsburgh antsy in the pantsy. Miami beat them. We can beat them, too. But everything Miami did to win that game, Pittsburgh really can't do. The Steelers got to play their game, their way, do what they do and hope for the best. You know what might work for the Steelers? Whatever works. For example, throwing 66 passes in one game is almost always a bad idea. But it worked last Sunday when they beat the Baltimoreans. Uh, We don't have the Steelers' official injury report just yet, but here's an informal update. Cam Sutton told the media he was rotating in practice with Joe Hayden. That seems to indicate that if Hayden doesn't start, Sutton will. And that reflects the desperation the Steelers have at the cornerback position When Cam Sutton, a talent, no question, but he's barely practiced all year. And if Hayden can't go, it looks like he'll start. Sutton will ahead of Sensabaugh in the biggest game of the season. No word at all on Smith-Schuster. Marquise Ponzi, the center, he's been limited in practice, but he told the media he is definitely good to go 
against New England on Sunday. Is it better to play Hayden at 80% or, or whatever he is with a broken leg ahead of Cam Sutton or Cody Sensabaugh? I'd say so. I'd play Hayden. Hayden's the glue guy, at least. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. You know what the Patriots are good at doing? They are good at, every so often, mixing in that extra element. Like this year with Brandon Cooks, the wide receiver. A deep guy. When's the last time New England had that kind of receiver? They brought him in. He's done well. It goes against New England's recent grain. and makes them all that tougher to prepare for. And New England is real good at smoke and mirrors. How on earth you rank 29th in total defense, but 5th in scoring defense? Of course, points a lot. That's all that matters on defense. Belichick always has his finger on the pulse of what really matters. Uh, If New England wins easy on Sunday, here's what will happen. The Steeler DBs will get burnt to a crisp and tack a couple 15-yard flags on top of that. Whether late hit, maybe the long penalty for interference, 30, 35 yards. Artie Burns and his deal. Okay, admit it, it's easy to see that happening. Those guys are young and susceptible, and Brady knows it and will exploit that. New England is so smart, especially when it comes to embracing the obvious. If I'm Brady, I take a couple shots deep to Cooks right away. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's talk Steelers and Patriots, biggest game of the year. I'm fired up to watch it. Not sure where I'm going to watch it yet. I'm going to the Las Vegas Gold Knights game. It's at 5 p.m. odd time on Sunday. So I'm going to have to watch the Steelers and Patriots someplace close to the hockey rink. I'm thinking either Hooters, not just the Hooters restaurant either, but the Hooters Casino, which has a Hooters restaurant in it. There's a great sports bar at MGM Grand. Any place I can trot pretty quickly to the Knights game. Uh, will be perfect, but I really am looking forward to the Steelers game. Uh, I'm going to make my prediction at uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. I don't think you're going to like it. Hey, until Pittsburgh starts beating New England, I can't pick Pittsburgh to beat New England. And 3-10 and 10 against the Patriots in the Belichick and Brady era simply does not bode well for Sunday. And yeah, the Steelers are eleven and two, but the Patriots are ten and three. And if they win, they get home field. There's everything to play for. I just can't pick the Steelers. I hope they win. I think it's going to be a game, but I just can't pick the Steelers. The Penguins are in trouble. Legitimate trouble, as in maybe not make the playoffs kind of trouble. You're in Vegas. You haven't played since Monday. I know about Vegas's record. But it's a friggin' expansion team, and on paper, that's not a very good roster. You come out flat. You're down 1-0, 101 seconds in. Your star players are invisible all night. Terrible turnover by Dumoulin on the game-winning goal in the third period. But 
I hate to single out Dumoulin because the Penguins made a ton of bad plays, a ton of terrible turnovers. I don't know what the solution is. Twitter demands a trade. I don't know if there's a trade to be made that solves the Penguins' problem because they are many and they are great. The sloppiness of the Penguins was at an insane level. The Penguins went to Vegas and they put on a performance that was Cirque de so lame. Uh, just awful. The fatigue is evident. The lack of motivation is evident. They come out flat like all the time. And not just at the start of games. Like, forget about Gigolo Jimmy scoring 101 seconds into the game. The Penguins allowed a two on one break five seconds into the second period. How does that happen? Five seconds into the period. Vegas didn't score, but that's not the point. Tell me what you think they should do. You love to make trades, but what trade solves the Penguins' problems? Again, last night, you're playing an expansion team. You got Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, and Latang. You got Matt Murray back in goal, and he played very well, by the way. And you're getting that shot 16 to 8 halfway through the game. Only eight shots on goal in 30 minutes against an expansion team. The Penguins got outworked all night. It was a very grim scene for the hundreds, thousands of Penguins fans who spent their own hard-earned money to travel across the country, scalp tickets, and they had to witness this, this fiasco. Uh, There were a ton of Pens fans at the game in Vegas. The noise was overwhelming. Let's go, Pens, and all that. I bet $125 on the Penguins. That sucked. I saw all the boys after in the Vegas locker room. Flower, Neeler, Perron. Oh, the owners were all there, Mario and Mr. Burkle. I'm sure they weren't best pleased, but I also am sure they understand the genesis of the problems, which is fatigue. More than anything... What's hurting the Penguins now is fatigue. But uh, getting back to Vegas, it really is an amazing story right now out here with hockey. And it's a terrible story right now with the Penguins. Uh, Again, Flower played great. Matt Murray played and played well. It was good to see Muzz get back in there. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Craig Wolfley. In just a little bit to talk Steelers. Every Major League Baseball team is getting $50 million extra. Some kind of TV balloon payment, something like that. Every MLB team, including your Pittsburgh Pirates, is getting $50 million extra. So, what are the Pirates going to do with that? They're going to cut payroll by 15 mil. That's what they're going to do with that. Up next... We talk Steelers with Craig Wolfley. I'm Mark Madden, live from fabulous Las Vegas, 105.9. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Damn it, I'll be popular in Pittsburgh yet. Hey, Mark, ball fan. I think i got to start with pulled pork nachos. Hey, super genius, how you doing today? Fantastic. DX at 105.9. Just a clarification on the Steelers at the one cornerback spot. Cody Sensabaugh limited in practice. Joe Hayden and Sutton, Cam Sutton, alternating at first team at that spot. Joining me now, an all-time great offensive line for the Steelers, 
You hear him on the sideline on DVE every Sunday. We welcome to the show Craig Wolfley. Uh, Wolf, let's talk about big weapons. What can the Steelers do to contain Gronkowski, and how can they do it without Shazier? You know, that's going to be the question because obviously Ryan Shazier and the lack of him being out there is going to be a huge hole. A huge hole that, um, you know, you've got three guys. I can't hear anything. So if Wolf's talking, I can't respond to it. Hello. Hello. Oh, you there? You got me, buddy. Go ahead, Mark. He's here. Okay, don't know if I'm on the air or not, but I'll keep talking anyway. Maybe Can you hear me now? Flew me in. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. The other room. Okay, uh, sorry, gang, about the confusion or technical difficulties here. Craig Wolfley going to another microphone. Bob will let me know when he's there. Steelers and Patriots on Sunday at Heinz Field, 11, 11 and 2 against 10 and 3. The winner very likely to get home field for the AFC tournament. I'm curious to see what Haley decides on Sunday. Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator. Will the Steelers go run heavy or go no huddle? Or throw 66 times. I'm not the biggest Haley fan, but you got to give credit where it's due. The offense was the deciding. Okay, now I'm getting horrible echo in my headset. Let's go to a break here. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Ah, super genius. What were you afraid more of, Satan or teabagging? Probably teabagging. Great story. Compelling and rich. DX at 105.9. Okay, we're going to try this again. Joining me now is the all-time great offensive lineman. You hear him on the sideline for the Steelers on DVE. We welcome Craig Wolfley. Uh, Wolf, let's talk about big weapons. Uh, What can the Steelers do to contain Gronk, and how much tougher will it be to do that without Ryan Shazier available? You know, that's going to be a big loss. And without Ryan Shazier, uh, you know, you've got a committee, as you saw last week, of three different guys and I think one of the things that's going to be important is how, what, what is Sean Davis going to do? Sean Davis is one of the guys that was drafted with the idea of being, can he step up and, and be physical? Can he be that guy that uh, confront Gronk and run with him and do all kinds of stuff that you need to do? Certainly whenever Gronk's in tight, you got to get somebody over him, try to jam him, disrupt his timing, disrupt the rhythm of Tom Brady with uh, Gronk, and then you know have somebody be able to run with him. And Sean Davis would be a guy... And I'm not so sure, I wonder, not, and this is just me presupposing, but I wonder if in any way, shape, or form you would get a kid like uh, Brian Allen come out there, a young guy, 6'3", 215. He would be something that in the back of your mind you wonder, like back in 11 when the Steelers beat um, the Patriots at Heinz Field, they had a young defensive back, a long-limbed kid by the name of Cortez Allen, who they stuck on Gronk. And even though Gronk went for just under 100 yards and nine catches that day, it really was a, a, a upgrade in trying to limit some of the things that he was capable of doing that day. So I, I don't know. All I know is that you've got to be able to jam him and you've got to get after Tom Brady to cre- create that disruption. And I wonder, just wonder, right now, if we're not seeing a 40-year-old Tom Brady after what happened in Miami. Uh, you mentioned uh, that, that Sean Davis is going to be the primary guy on Gronk. Shazier would obviously help out as well, and You'll also miss Shazier covering backs out of the backfield, won't you? 
Who's going to pick up that responsibility? Well, again, we, you know, last week we saw uh, uh, Spence being one of the guys. We saw uh, Art Motes doing some of that also, and then we saw L.J. Ford. I was surprised that L.J. Ford didn't get more reps. And one thing about L.J., he's been there since, you know, uh, training camp. Uh, he's capable of running. The kid runs pretty well. Now, he's not Ryan Chazier, but he's certainly the guy that has played that inside linebacker spot. For Art Motes, you know, that's, it's, you're talking about having to adjust to the inside and, and the different uh, keys that you read on that inside position. So that creates a problem. It creates a lag time in reading your keys and being able to read and react. And so, you know, between those three guys, they're going to have to be able to pick up and do some of the things ordinarily that um, Ryan was able to do. And how well they do it, I, I don't know. Bill Belichick always tries to erase the opposition's big weapon, Wolf. Would that be Bell, A.B., or both? Who will be his primary target when it comes to that kind of treatment on Sunday? Well, I'm thinking if, if I was Belichick, I'd be looking at Bell. Because right now, with the way the, the uh, Patriots are stopping the run, they're giving up about 121, 122 yards a game on the ground. And they probably won't have Allen Branch, the big run stopper in the middle. This guy is huge. If you look, if you catch the south end of the end on all 22 reel and take, get a look at this guy from behind, this guy's about three axe handles across the backside. He, uh, he is a guy that can really do a great job at run stop. Well, he, I don't think is going to be there. So the fact is, um, you know, in being able to get after, uh, that, get after that running game, I think if you can isolate the three techniques and being able to double team say, um, Lawrence Guy, I think you can get some nice runs off of that 14, 15 straight and be able to get after them. Well, like Ben said, they can't double-team everybody, can they? No, they can't. Look, Belichick's going to want to get after uh, Bell. I mean, because if he gets in these set setups, defensively speaking, where uh, you got Lev Bell getting on uh, Landon Roberts, the linebacker, he's, he's going to kill Roberts. I mean, Bell could actually see... 10 to 15 targets through the air uh, this week um, based on the fact if they get into offensive sets that create that mismatch. And one of the things you love about it with Ben, and we saw it with Jesse James and Vance last week, when you get that mismatch, when you get that, that receiver that you're hot with, that tight end position because Juju was not available, so suddenly now you've got Jesse James stepping up and catches, you've got Vance McDonald with four. You got 140 some yards between the two of them. That really spoke to me. Look, you got a mismatch. Exploit that mismatch until they, they shut it down, and they never did. Same thing could happen this week if you can create that offensive scenario where you get Lev Bell on, on a mismatch with somebody. He could easily rush for 100 yards and, and, and pass catch for 100 yards. Uh, Joe Hayden and Cam Sutton were splitting time at that cornerback spot. Who would you use, Wolf? Hayden at 75%, uh, just hypothetically, or Sutton at 100%? You know, uh, Cam Sutton's got the potential to be, I, I think he's going to be a really, a pretty good cornerback at some point in time. Joe Hayden is obviously the veteran and the guy that had some serious skills that he brought to this team. I think that they're not going to play him if he's less than an acceptable degree that they feel comfortable with. Um, I think it might even come down to a game-time decision for Joe Hayden. Uh, I would expect Cam Sutton's going to see a lot of snaps. Uh, Cody Sensiball was limited as well. 
I'm hoping Joe gets on the field, but I'm I'm not certain that he's gonna. Uh, yeah, neither am I. And I think to take a chance. Then, then again, Wolf, let's talk about that philosophy. Let's skip ahead. I understand you don't play guys in a regular season game uh, and risk further injury or play them if they're not 100% or at least some facsimile thereof, but you really need home field for, to, in the playoffs. I mean, isn't this kind of like a playoff game before a playoff game? I think you're pretty much on it. This is a game that means a lot to both teams. I mean, it's obvious the guys, when you talk to the guys, they understand how hard it was to go up to Gillette and have things, all the, the gremlins and so forth, uh, jump on board there and, and the things you got to overcome to go up there and win. It's a difficult place to win. And for the Patriots, if they lose this game, they're in danger of sliding down to the third seed. So that could be a problem for them if they don't get a, uh, they don't get the buy and, and, you know, you got to play on the road. So, um, both teams understand this is a heavyweight match. Uh, you know, Mike Tomlin was not kidding when he was talking with Tony Dungy about the elephant in the room. Well, the, the elephant in the room is each team in each other's, you know, facility. That's the elephant. And, and each, uh, each team understands how, how difficult it is to win away from home. Tom Brady, uh, you know, is, is, doesn't have the scintillating record away from home like he does at home. And so for the Steelers, knowing what they have to face when they go on the road to Gillette. This is a big game for them. And, yeah, if, if Joe Hayden is capable of going, I mean, remember, that tibia, that's not, that's not, a, not a weight-bearing bone. I mean, it's not something that, uh, you know, is going to be a problem for him. I think it's – I hope it's healed. But the fact is, um, you know, it's a game-time decision. We're talking to Craig Wolfley here on the X. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber showing you the right way to build since 1956. Uh, it was funny, Wolf, because when Miami beat New England on Monday night, that got everyone in Pittsburgh all antsy and the pantsy about playing New England this week. But if Miami provided a blueprint, it's probably not one the Steelers can follow because the Dolphins have different personnel, especially defensively, and obviously a different approach. Well, there's no question about it, and you're going to have to get pressure, but you got pressure that you didn't have at the AFC Championship game in the form of Cam Hayward. Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt, this is a big game for them. They have to step up. They have to create that upfront pressure because one of the things that you got to do besides disrupting the timing is you got to create a sense of urgency to move for Tom Brady. If you watch the Miami game, there was a couple of situations where pass rushers came clean, which was now this offensive line is not a great offensive line for the Patriots. It doesn't pass block real well. It runs blocks pretty dead gum good, but it doesn't pass block so well. And one of the situations, you got a couple of free runners coming at Tom Terrific. Well, Tom actually just threw the ball away and hit the deck. I mean, you don't normally see that from Tom Brady. I mean, this is a guy who's pretty accurate with his passing, and he's a guy that um, has been known to take a hit to deliver a good throw. And he simply threw the ball away. And whether he didn't go through the pre-snap read or missed it and wasn't able to count with an extra blocker, or whether an offensive lineman missed an assignment, I couldn't tell you, but to have a free runner bearing down on him, he didn't even attempt to move out of the way. That's what surprised me. Now there's been reports that, you know, he's got Achilles going on, there's a problem there. I don't know exactly, you know, uh, how much that bothers him, but it was amazing to me that he'd just throw the ball and then sit down on the ground rather than even try to evade. So he certainly didn't want to take the hit. He didn't want to try to evade the guy he just simply threw the ball on the ground and, and he was not 
his normal self. Why don't the Steelers play man-to-man more, Wolf? Is it personnel or preference? Well, I, I think that the, a lot of it is they want to do both, and they've been trying to do both, and they've been trying to play more man. And You've got to have three cornerbacks that can play man. And I think, you know, one of the things that's the reason why they drafted Cam Sutton is you want to have that third corner that uh, can play man. But you've also got Mike Hilton now playing the nickel, and, you, of course, you got Artie Burns and, you know, uh, Joe Hayden was gobbled up because he was a guy capable of playing man. So Cam Sutton's an obvious choice if, if Joe Hayden's not capable of it. But it was just like any other time with, with Tom Brady. You can't just play man. You've got to be able to play everything because he'll eat up anything you throw at him if you give him a steady diet. Now, one of the things I remember about the AFC Championship game, besides the, the lack of production by the offense, was the fact that you know when when uh, when 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 Tom was uh, going after him and on the on the press man coverage, uh, he had big success. And part of that came down to Keith Butler's got to make a decision: Do you want to just die out there, or do you want to bleed to death and hope your offense can pick up the slack and come through for you? And then obviously the offense wasn't able to do that. A large part of the game plan for the Steelers is going to be possession, like in 0-11 when they had 40 minutes. You got to possess the ball, and you've got to be red zone efficient. Now, that's one of the big strengths of the Patriots' defense. They give up a lot of yardage between the twenties, but in red zone, they're one of the top five teams and and least points allowed. So, defensive scoring, they're top top stuff. But as far as stopping the run and pass, they got issues. Well, let's stay with that for a second, Wolf. I think it's amazing the Patriots' defense ranks 29th in yards allowed, very near the league's bottom but fifth in scoring defense. How do they pull that off? Well, it tightens up all the windows. They're able to tighten the windows up and, and be able to play and, and get the job done defensively that they're not able to do out in the field. And part of that is in the fact that um, you got Allen Branch, who, again, is a hard guy to move. And when you get inside the 20s and the running becomes where you start coming with two tight ends, multiple tight ends, short yardage, fullback, that sort of thing, You've got a, a defense that's, that, that plays a little stronger, and the windows have been cut down. And they, they're a team right now. They've got 12 interceptions. they got Butler. you know, you got Stephon Gilmore. And they lock down on the wide receivers, and you'll play some of the, 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 the cover three. And you got the guy playing in the middle. And uh, they do an effective job when they get inside the 20-yard line. Wolf, let me ask you a couple of cliched questions to wrap up. Is Brady the best quarterback ever? Why or why not? I, in my my lifetime, I would say he's the goat as far as I've seen. I think he is a guy number one because of his work ethic. Number two, his um, absolute great ability to throw guys open. He's so good at pre-snap reads. He understands where the ball's going a great deal of time prior to even launching the ball. Um, I, you know, he's he's a guy that's first in the building, last out of the building. And he sets a tone, and uh, he is just a great performer. The guy has just been top-notch in, in every way uh, since I've seen him in the league. Is Bill Belichick the best coach ever? Why or why not? Well, Belichick is, is, is awfully good. There ain't no question about it. Uh, you know, um, I'm interested in seeing what happens when Tom Brady steps down because certainly when, you have, uh, when you're the benefactor of a guy like Tom Brady who – you know, he is the message when you line up every week. You know, when you talk to your team, 
when you go to play in that and you have a guy like Tom Brady who sets the tone and sets the work ethic and is a guy that uh, performs well he is, um, that's going to help an awful lot in your uh, coaching ability. And I think Bill Belichick is an excellent coach. I think he's a, you know, a top three, top four all time coach. Is he the best? I, I don't know that he's the best, but, you know, he certainly is right now for this stretch of, of time that he's been in the league. You see, I would rank Chuck number one because, you know, I witnessed it, you know, as a fan relatively up close and just the right. way the team improved and the players improved. And now we, he made the best out of bad situations time and again. I think with Belichick, it's a different kind of greatness, mainly because he had to deal with the cap, which which Chuck did not. Well, that's very true. And Coach Noel, the other reason that I, I would say would be up there number one, he won with... If they what? DX at 105.9. Thanks to Craig Wolfley for joining me. Thanks to all of you for bearing with our technical difficulties. When I do the show from Vegas, sometimes wires can get crossed. But uh, all's well that ends well. Wolf with his usual football expertise every Friday during Steelers season right here on the X. I really am looking forward to seeing the Steelers and Patriots play. It's the game of the year, and I think the Steelers have to win. I think it's a must-win game because I don't think they can go to New England and win in the playoffs. So I think this is a quasi-playoff game that either will or won't give them a chance to win in the playoffs. And that's why, even though in a lot of regular season games, especially with a playoff berth clinch, the division championship won, and really the Steelers are going to get that first run by, win or lose. Probably, we hope. Anyway, uh, because of the ramifications of home field and not wanting to go to Foxborough, you've got to play guys who might be a little nicked up. You've got to approach it like a playoff game. If we're just tuning in, we don't know about Smith-Schuster. Hayden was alternating at one corner spot with Sutton. Sensible, of course, has been limited. And uh, Marquise Ponzi's been limited, but he says he's going to play on Sunday against New England. Uh, again, I'm curious to see what Haley does on Sunday. I think Haley's done a good job lately. I've been a critic, but credit where it's due. The offense has been the deciding factor each of the last two weeks. When Haley turns Ben loose, that doesn't detract from Haley. It's smart. Haley should turn Ben loose all the time. Uh, Haley had to go nuts, though, last week because the Steelers needed a lot of points. So give the offense and its coordinator full credit. Uh, if the Steelers lose, they'll probably have to play Jacksonville in the playoffs in the divisional round. And that's suddenly an issue because Jacksonville has that great D and because Jacksonville killed Pittsburgh back in week five. Let's go to Bob. Bob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, how are you today? What up? Hey, do you, you ever wonder about the irony of Cleveland where they had both Noel and Belichick and yet still can never win? No, I don't wonder about that. Anything else? Uh, uh, yeah, I was wondering also if you, you think the Penguins are going to start playing like it's playoff hockey. Watching a game last night, they just didn't want to fight anyone in the boards for 50-50 pucks. Uh, they look flat and unmotivated. They look tired. They look fatigued. And yeah. I keep getting told I'm wrong, that it's roster composition, that they miss the guys that, that left a lot more than I thought they would. And maybe they do miss them more than I thought. But I, I refuse to believe that Benino, Kunitz, 
Cullen, and Hainsey leaving means more than Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Latang, and Murray staying. Uh, and Flower left too, obviously. But uh, Mark Andre Fleury here was the number two goalie. Yeah, I certainly agree. played like a, a number one last night. I, I don't know how they solve it. Maybe they'll snap out of it. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll know what time it is. But it's got to be that time pretty soon because right now, if the season ended today, the Penguins would not be in the playoffs. Let's go to Chris. Chris, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what up, man? What up, man? So um, do you think the Steelers are going to continue to use the zone against the Pats even though it never works? And why don't they use bump and run since they're all Pats are all about timing? You bump and run them off that timing, get Brady up the middle. Why keep playing the zone? Because it's what they do. And I'm, I agree with you, Chris. But you can't just jump out on Sunday and play man-to-man or bump and run, press D, whatever you want to call it. You can't just do that out of the clear blue sky. You had to have utilized it uh, fairly frequently during the season to try to use it in week 15 against the best quarterback in history. So uh, I-, I think they should. But I think it's too late to figure that out. Do you think they're doomed? Uh, doom's a strong word. They could win the game. I like uh, a real good point by Craig Wolfley. Brady looked vulnerable and bad at Miami. Maybe Tom Brady's finally 40 years old. That's a big assumption to make uh, based on one bad game by Tom Brady, but uh, we all live in hope, don't we? Thank you for the call, Chris. Let's go to Jim Bob. Jim Bob, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Mark. Right. Hey, earlier in the week, uh, the, you had uh, a lot of talk about Tallman. Is he a good coach, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And they had people calling in saying that, you know, he should be out looking for another job and whatnot. And, no, actually, we didn't talk about that at all this week. But go okay. ahead. The only thing we talked about with Tomlin is, is he in a class with Belichick, which he's not. But right. nobody well, is. Tomlin's yeah. a real good coach. I agree, and I think Belichick's a good coach too. But you know what these callers got to realize is if we weren't you know in an era going against the best quarterback that ever played the game ever, uh, perhaps we would you know have a few more AFC championships. And uh, oh, let, let me and, let me tell you, I'll cut right to the chase, Jim Bob. If it wasn't for Brady and Belichick, the preeminent dynasty of the new millennium would be the Steelers. I think absolutely. if it wasn't for Brady and Belichick, the Steelers would probably have. Three or four Super Bowl wins, not just two. Probably three or four since the turn of the millennium. I really believe that. Absolutely. And not to change the subject, but in terms of the game this Sunday, I think they should really deploy the defensive strategy that the Coward-led team, whenever, whenever we went into Indy on that playoff run and on Super Bowl forty, everyone, you know, we were double-digit underdogs, blah, blah, blah. And they put Peyton Manning on his ass all afternoon long. And who was that? Yeah, everyone wants that. Tell me how they do it. You get the you get the push up the middle. You don't let Brady step up in the pocket. That's how you beat them. Oh, that's uh, okay. And if you're not covering man to man, he'll just flick it for a seven yard gain every time. Uh, if you're going to okay. play soft zone, tackle the catch. You won't have a chance to get pressure from anywhere. Right, but okay, I'm just talking about one strategy of many. And uh, who was that tight end of the. Okay, but you just described a strategy that they are not equipped to play in terms of personnel or approach. What? We can't get a push up the middle with our D line? Is that what you're saying? You see, Jim Bob, you're ignoring what I said. Like, you know more than me, which obviously is not the case. Uh, The guy on this end of the conversation always knows more. Now, shut up for a second. You want to get the push up the middle. 
But you're not going to have time to get the push up the middle if you don't cover man-to-man. And they're just not going to cover man-to-man, are they? So you're saying we don't have a chance then? That's, I'll, 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 I'll uh, be more specific in the 5 o'clock hour, but I think the Steelers will lose this game, yes. Thank you for the so call. You're- 412-333-9939. A frequent guest and friend of the show has been caught up in all this sexual harassment stuff. Very wrongly so. I'll talk about that in a minute. Here on 105.9 The X. Yeah, big fan. Mark, good afternoon. Yeah, I want to talk to Mark Madden. What do you want? What do you want? Damn it! The X at 105.9. It's been like a mantra all week leading up to the Steelers and Patriots. Play man-to-man and get pressure up the middle. That'll beat them. Like the Steelers could somehow do that out of the clear blue sky. Despite never doing it. And despite not having the personnel to do it. Uh, Miami did it, and that's why y'all want to do it. You wanted to do it before them, but then Miami went and did it. And again, it's been a mantra all week. But Miami has cover corners. And they have Sue coming up the middle. That said, I'll tell you one X factor for the game on Sunday. Cam Hayward didn't play against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. He was hurt. He will play... Sunday. Two it will play Sunday. There's your pressure up the middle. But the Steelers still can't cover man-to-man. They're going to play zone and Brady, to my mind, is going to pick them apart. Uh, here's a quote about the new Star Wars movie. About General Leia. She's a general now, not a princess. Quote, she is one of many strong female characters not defined by stereotypes, unquote. And gee, I'm so happy about that. Because that will solve all the problems we're having, the way women are portrayed in the new Star Wars movie. Hey, what about Wonder Woman? With the cleavage and the boobs pushed up? How does Wonder Woman fit into all this? In that vein, John Buchagross of ESPN, our buddy, the pride of Steubenville, he's in trouble. Shouldn't be, but he is. He called a woman dollface and sent her a shirtless picture via text just shirtless nothing obscene and the messages they exchanged the text were just kind of friendly workplace banner and Bucci was trying to mentor her there was never anything sleazy or suggestive about what Bucci did but the fact is you can't do anything that's even remotely even one percent suggestive or offensive now the way I read this situation is This woman didn't succeed at ESPN, and it couldn't possibly be her fault that she's not good enough, so she's pointing fingers. And I think if we look at, not a lot, not the majority, but a few of the accusations being tossed around are people, not just women, but men and women, trying to deflect blame for failure. I look at what Bucci did with this woman, He did nothing wrong. If you look at it objectively, you too will see he did nothing wrong. No quarter brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. 
Let's go real quick to Jack. Jack, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. I love listening to you in Vegas. I can tell you're reinvigorated and in high spirits, sir. Well, I'm high anyway. <laughs> hey, everybody talks about the push up the middle. Yeah, Hayward didn't play last year. The only guy to get a sack last year against New England was Hargrave. And I, I went with this idea with Stan. Here's my game plan. I will leave him in on all passing downs. And if you watch him, they, they usually put a left guard in the center on him, and he always wins the initial push. And then I, my other move would be, I don't want to hear about inside linebackers, outside linebackers. I think they're interchangeable. I would put T.J. Watt on a spy on Gronkowski, and I'd like to see the results of that battle. Cause they're similar yeah, I think Gronkowski would overwhelm him. Uh, I don't know, Mark. It might be worth a try. I think Gronkowski would overwhelm him. I think Gronkowski will overwhelm pretty much everything the Steelers have planned for him on Sunday. I think he's the single biggest threat in the game, even more so than Antonio Brown. And uh, we talk about Miami having beaten New England and all the things Miami did, the the man-to-man coverage which the Steelers can't do, the pressure up middle which the Steelers... Uh, they won't be able to manufacture quick enough if they play a zone. But the one thing everyone's conveniently ignoring is Gronk didn't play against Miami. He will play against Pittsburgh. I'm Mark Madden. In just a minute, we're going to talk about Brady versus Bradshaw. Not Brady versus Ben, but Brady versus Bradshaw. I'm Mark Madden, live from fabulous Las Vegas. You're listening to 105.9 The X.